What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Convincing Creatives Podcast. Today we have a fellow North Carolinian, a fellow filmmaker, a novelist, a writer. Justin Meckis, a friend of mine, has joined us on the show today. Super stoked for y'all to see this episode. Uh, Justin and I have been chatting for a while since we met at the uh, Longleaf Film Festival this past year uh, in 2021. He was there with his film Comic Book Hero, which is a really good short documentary that we talk about a bit in the episode. Um, I was there with Panda Barrett. Uh, which quick plug you can go watch on Tubi TV uh, and Amazon and all that definitely go check it out it's a weird surreal feature film I made here in North Carolina Um, but that's not why we're here today here to talk to Justin and chat about the creative process specifically what it's like to work in North Carolina because we both do that find a lot of common ground about the writing process and just being creative somewhere that uh, people don't always expect you to be creative from Um, so I find a lot of uh, really cool takeaways in this conversation and I hope that you do too so definitely check it out and stay tuned for the full conversation coming right at you and before we go quick reminder if you are not subscribed to us on YouTube please subscribe to us you'll get notified every Friday when we drop new convincing creatives episodes and you can also find the audio versions on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. Without any further ado, here's the full conversation with Justin. Thanks again for listening. Well, Justin and I, we've chatted a bit. We're both North Carolina filmmakers, storytellers, people who uh, I would say are both pretty creative out here in North Carolina. We've chatted a bit about creativity, about the philosophy behind it in our own time, and I figured... Uh, he would be a great guest to bring on to the show. So, Justin, you know, I won't give them your whole background, but um, in a short summary, like, how would you describe what you're doing these days and what you've done in the past? Well, my Twitter bio says writer and filmmaker, right? Because that's all I need. <laughs> all I, need. I mean, like, pretty much run the gamut on uh, what kind of films and what kind of books writing I do. So, um, it's easier just to leave it at that. Uh, but, you know, that being said, uh, the writing includes anything from children's books to uh, poetry to novels and uh, different genres there. And then the filmmaking, the same categories and genres as well. So um, I'm kind of, I don't know, throwing things against the wall and seeing what's going to stick. Yeah. I mean, you got to do it. Sometimes, you know, you try one genre, you try one formula, it maybe does work out, maybe doesn't, uh, maybe doesn't challenge you. Maybe you don't get what you, you know, were looking right. for. So it's always, I think it's always good to do multiple things. And I thought that was a good reason to bring you on the show is because, you know, in the past we've talked about that and we've talked about um, just, you know, staying creative, staying sharp, doing things with, you know, one person crews, you know, quarantine yeah. films, right. writing. I mean, you know, the difference between a novel and a film and, you know, it's all stuff I want to jump into. Um, but like what inspired your passion? Let's like rewind to the beginning. Like what gave you the actual desire to write, to create, to go into these worlds? I think I was reading um, Brave New World uh, for the second or third time in a college dorm room. And I realized like, this is the way I think. Mm. You know, uh, so maybe I should be a writer too. And uh, then a couple years later, I was writing a novel and uh, I looked to my right and there's my roommate's uh, you know, oversized poster of Fight Club. And I realized that what I was writing was basically Fight Club. Mm. And, <laughs> you know, and uh, so, what that told me was like, not only had Chuck Palahniuk written it, it had already been turned into a film. So I put away novels. And I was like, obviously everything's going towards film. So uh, I started doing movies and short films and mass communication in college. Did that for about 10 years and then kind of realized, had an awakening where I said, 
oh, well, the novel was still really what I was interested in uh, and spent 10 years doing that too. Right. And I, and I know that you took a little time away from filmmaking, focused on novels and stuff like that, and then came back to filmmaking now. What yeah. do you feel like you gained in that uh, hiatus that you maybe brought to the table the second go around? Oh, I'm really pessimistic, so it would be hard to figure out what I gained. <laughs> I can tell you what I lost. No, no, I, I think, um, you know, I think, uh, I think get, leaning towards novels gave me kind of a perspective on film that was different, where, you know, before it was loaded with all these expectations of how well the film was going to do and where it was going to launch my career and where it was going to take me. Um, coming back to it, I was like, I just want to do it, you know, I just want to make something. And that, uh, kind of freed me up to create in a way that, um, was unburdened by my own, uh, expectations. Yeah. Yeah. I think so often as artists, like our egos get in the way of things. Um, especially when you're first starting out, just cause you're comparing yourself to other people, you're trying to, you know, maybe hit a career trajectory. You're trying to make money on things. You're, you know, ETC, whatever it is. And you know, that ego always creeps in there a little bit. And I think the challenge and maybe even expectation, if I can even put it that way of, um, you know, anyone who's creative is to, you know, free yourself from that. And that's an ongoing challenge. I don't think it's ever a one and done kind of thing, but, uh, you know, I almost feel like it comes full circle because, you know, when I was starting out making, you know, little home movies when I was a kid, I didn't care about anything, but the actual process. And, you know, we've talked about this right. in the past and um, how, how have you maybe found a similar circle of kind of almost getting back to your roots, the reason you got into it? Like, cause I know for myself, that's, you know, again, an ongoing challenge, but something I feel a lot closer to now after having done a few films and maybe it's just the process of, you know, getting into it, but have you had anything like that? I mean, you know, getting back to the point where I just enjoy the process is um, kind of been painful. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. By, by not like, you know, by that ego not being fed, mm. like I would have preferred it to be, or even um, not reaching the level of success in the manner of, or the amount of time that I would have liked to see it, um, has kind of forced it in a way. Uh, and, you know, I, I don't know. I, at the same time, I kind of feel like ego is important because, um, well, if you don't have the desire to achieve, then why do anything? Right. Well, yeah, you, it, it borders on like almost like a nihilism of sorts where you're just like, you know, if you don't have any fire under you, then you probably won't start anything. But right. at the same time, if you're so obsessed with it then you may actually still never do anything so it's, right. it's like anything like finding that you know middle ground balance whatever you want to call it um yeah no i, I do think there is there is a value in like pushing yourself like I, I know for me i think what has like helped replace maybe ego and like you know thinking you're ne you need to be on a track or something is saying like you know okay i did a film uh of this genre or telling this type of story you know that's you know i checked that off and it's almost like playing a video game now i want to do a different level like i want to try um you know a different <laughs> yeah. genre or you know a different way of saying maybe even the same thing but just through a different lens a different character a different motivation set um and so i kind of almost play it that way and 
to me that helps like i don't know do you, do you have any like hacks with your own brain well, well I, and i'm similar to that i think something you said earlier made me want to mention this is that i'm very competitive and that's why i do all the genres because i see somebody doing something see like jim henson in the muppets i'm like oh i got to do something for kids and you know not necessarily beat that but you know my own take on it um I'm constantly seeing things that inspire me and make me want to create something similar or yeah. uh, my own version of it, my own take on it. Yeah. And well, you know, what's great is you're not boxing yourself in to any one genre. Right. Um, you know, you can have favorites or, you know, ones you prefer, but I think that's actually helping you grow uh, because you are doing a wide array of things. I mean, like, you know, you also do documentaries, which, you know, we've talked about this in the past and like, you know, I, I do documentary and narrative and like sometimes people are like, why do you do both? Because normally people kind of pick one or the other. And um, I don't know, it just keeps me sharp. It keeps me looking at stories in a different way. And, I, and uh, you know, I think there's things from each I can bring across the, the table, you know, styles and ways to film. Like uh, what what pushes you to maybe do docs? Well, what I was going to ask you is, like, isn't it? Oh, sorry. What oh, I was yeah. gonna ask you is, does it jump out at you? I mean, like it, the stories jump out at me and they say, yeah. It's almost like I would feel foolish um, to not maybe collaborate with someone and, you know, tell a story or I would kind of be kicking myself being like, right. oh, I wish I did, you know, make an attempt to tell that story or help tell that story. Um, right. Like I know your, your movie Comic Book Hero from Longleaf 2021, that's, you know, how we met. One of the things I liked about Comic Book Hero is like how much I could relate to it and i think any artist can because the you yeah. know, film follows this guy who's trying to create something and he's he's dealing with like you know i guess his own procrastination and self-doubt and things like that right. uh, and i thought that was just such a cool universal message for any artist because at the end of the day you can see you can like see the vision big picture as any artist can but it's like those little executions of like you know doing this page or doing this scene or like drawing this you know, comic or whatever, like it's those little moments that actually bring you that big picture. And I think so often artistic types of folks, myself included, you get so lost in the sauce of the big picture. Like, um, yeah. can you talk about that process? Like with the film and maybe what you learned from it? And... Sure. Uh, I, I'll tell you like what the aim was with it. If, yeah. uh, so like, um, I'm glad you could kind of see the big picture. Cause I feel like a lot of people got lost in the comic books. Cause to me, I don't, I'm not a really big comic book fan. Yeah. Um, so uh, like the desire to achieve and have ambition and to reach big goals. And yeah. um, that, that's what really interested me about the Lee, the, the subject of the documentary. He had all these big goals, but he had this huge barrier. And um, I think really that documentary wouldn't, won't be complete until he's, in his 60s or 70s and I revisit him mm. and I see like what he was able to achieve after all wanting so much and then uh actually to be honest in a selfish way I want to see what happens if he doesn't achieve like if he does achieve like then that's the Hollywood ending you know that's that's what we always see we always see someone being successful at the end of the movie they get everything they want the partner they want the book deal whatever like I'm, I'm kind of interested in like what happens to the people who have these big dreams and then they're, they don't succeed and they don't get what they want. Like what, what then? Like do they get something better or do they get something that uh, just as good? Um, what, what happens? I mean, I, I need to write a book about that. 
You should. No, I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. I actually think that's a compelling point yeah. too, you know, in the future. I mean, I think that's the ultimate question is like defining what is success. Uh, you know, we obviously have such a super conventional, like you said, mainstream Hollywood definition of it. You make it, your name's up in lights, you're, you're rich and famous, the end. Like, but right. you know, like you said, we've seen that movie, you know, a million times, uh, you know, and what's a lot more realistic is, you know, a different version, a different outcome. Like, you know, maybe, you know, when he's 60, he will have done hundreds of comics, but, you know, maybe no one will know him right. as well as, you know, a Stan Lee, but maybe he'll find regional success. Maybe he'll find right. it opened a different door to a different artistic avenue. I mean, we have no way of knowing. And again, that's life and that's the beauty of documentary. Um, but no, I think, I think what you're doing though, with that film, the initial film is, you know, the, like you said, the comic books don't really, that's not really the focus. It, I mean, it could be anything. It could be pottery. Right. It could be, you know, right. anything. Um, but I think you're, you're looking at, you know, a long form storytelling process, which is this own, this own individual's creative process, which again, like, that's the whole point of the show is like, because that looks so different to everyone how does that play out over X amount of years, X amount of time? So, Right. And so, I mean, for me, it's uh, also a difference between a procrastinator and if you've ever heard the term precrastinator, yeah. who doesn't procrastinate at all, but finishes months in advance. That's what I am. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I wanted to explore, like, is that the, that the Achilles heel? Like procrastination, yeah. is that what the difference is? Or, I mean, yeah. there's commentary at the end of the documentary that supposes that procrastination is actually a, an aid to creativity. So, yeah. Well, I mean, for me, I actually can relate a lot because, you know, I think it's only been the last year or two, I've really started to put some strict schedules mm -hmm. and formulas into place just to, you know, keep myself writing and making and doing. Um, but even, I mean, prior to that, like I, I would struggle a lot with procrastination and just like not write for, you know, two, three months. Uh, and then things would just bubble and build and bubble and build. And it kind of felt like I was shaking a Coke bottle in my mind of the idea. And eventually it, it just explodes. And that's where you have to write, you know, it's like, you can't contain it. You can't procrastinate anymore. So in a way, I think like maybe some people do need that initial you know, event explosion in their mind of idea to finally get them to do it versus kind of, you know, easing it out a little at a time. Um, do y'all feel like you learned anything? You know, I'll, I'll move off this one in a minute, but I, but I'm actually kind of fascinated. Do y'all feel like you learned anything from one another since you said he was a little more of a procrastinator and you were a bit more of a precrastinator? I have a one hour a day work ethic every day. I've had it since I was about 30 and, uh, I started to say, you know what, not everybody needs to have that to reach a level of success that is maybe out there before them. Yeah. Um, I think it gave me that. For him, in the film, I literally, or we did a Zoom call at the very end of the film. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. But we had the like steps to diminish uh, procrastination. Right. Like that was my attempt to say, like kind of like coaching him mm. um, on how to. Uh, maybe take some steps forward because I do think whereas the amateur might be able to produce some things, they might be more satisfied if they turn pro like that, mm. Stephen King would say is turn pro. Right. Interesting. No, it sounds like y'all may have, uh, you know, traded a few things in the yeah. process. So that's, that's important. I think, um, 
Where, what do you feel like uh, you've taken from the storytelling process that you think a lot of people maybe overlook, whether, you know, writing a book, a novel, you know, film? So that again, I'm sorry. What have I taken? Yeah, what do you, what do you kind of think is something, here, a better way to say it maybe, what do you feel like is a part of the storytelling process that you think maybe is overlooked in the initial creation of it? Maybe outlining or you know following a structure not following a structure what do you think is kind of an overlooked aspect of just like the process i think uh one thing that's not overlooked is everybody's um telling other people how they should write their books or do their movies yes i think there's way too many people saying this is the way you do it or you know 10 steps to Mm. create your movie or your novel or whatever i think that's totally bonkers there there should be um as many ways to write a book or or a screenplay uh, as there are books or screenplays i mean i've done it in all different kinds of ways and i mean i have i've developed kind of one that i prefer but that doesn't mean it's good for everybody you know you have to find your own way so yeah so i don't know if that answered your question no no absolutely i mean i think a lot of it is when people say, you know, the 10 steps to success, they think once I do the 10 steps to success right. of being a writer, you know, this euphoric light will shine on me and I will be <laughs> enlightened and, you know, magical and blah, 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 blah. But I mean, uh, for something so non-linear and non-analytical, I mean, as creativity and writing, um, I yeah. mean, go to a library, look at every single book that fills the shelf. I mean, every single one of those writers probably did things slightly differently than you know sure. the last I mean, don't get me i use outlines to oh, sure. yeah. Yeah. things yeah. like that but i'm just saying like there's just way too many people saying they have to do this to, yeah. to make it happen I think. yeah well i mean it's funny with i mean you mentioned outlines i used to not even outline my first few films and like <laughs> it probably shows but you know it's like one of those things um, you're brave you're a brave man <laughs> it was just free form i mean it was like you know i'd, I'd kind of have a few bullet points mentally in my head but um i can't i can't do that anymore i don't i mean i think it's just probably just getting a little more serious about it but uh you know no shade if you don't but i I, for me it it helps so much with the organization of figuring out what works and uh you know sometimes literally just writing a bullet point of a scene you were gonna write just looking at the one bullet point i'll be like oh that's really dumb (laughs) and and i'll save myself an hour of you know writing And, you know, so I, so I find that's an interesting way to hack the process. Um, so I want to shift things a little bit to like North Carolina. Uh, okay. So, you know, we're both in North Carolina. We're both doing the thing here. Um, obviously, there's a lot of, you know, maybe larger cities, larger places we could be doing this thing. Uh, what do you gain from North Carolina through your work and your art? And kind of like, how do you connect it to the state? Oh, man, that's a really timely question. Uh, I just finished up uh, a novel. Um, which was a bit of a homecoming for me because it's set in North Carolina. Gotcha. Um, and that most of the novels I've written before now uh, and not published <laughs> have um, been set elsewhere. I wanted to get away from North Carolina. I wanted nothing to do with it. I wanted to get out of here. And, um, but now I feel like, uh, you know, I, I watch a lot of these like Anthony Bourdain, David Chang food shows and stuff. And, um, a lot of them, or David Ching in particular, I think, talks about kind of embracing the food that you grew up with. Right. And, you know, as, and you have to get to a certain level of maturity to do that. And I think uh, my writing 
has gotten to that point um, where I need to embrace where I'm from and maybe that makes me some kind of Southern writer. Um, that's a bold claim, but, um, but as far as filmmaking goes, like I, I don't know if North Carolina, other than North Carolina being such a great state to make films in, um, because there's such a great community for it. I'm not sure um, my filmmaking has made, made it to that point. I think it just, I'm at a real crossroads in what I want to do next with film anyway. Yeah. So. No, I'm, I'm kind of there myself. I think uh, what I like, you know, I'll just answer in my own words and, you know, maybe you'll see any connection just because I think you do the same thing. So I feel like, you know, we can find some common ground because I think for me, what's cool about North Carolina is it sort of leaves me to my own devices. And I think that's good because as an artist, uh, I kind of, I kind of am that outside cat. Like I kind of, you know, go do my own thing and then I'll come back and be like, here's a fish I caught. <laughs> and like, you know, I, I'm not like a, a, you know, an indoor cat where it's like, I need my bowl at three o'clock or I'm grumpy. Like, you know, and I think, North Carolina, I mean, I guess you could say that about any place that's not New York, LA or whatever, you know, because there isn't such a established routine and, you know, industry or whatnot. Um, you can kind of experiment, try, fail, get up, do it again. Um, and sometimes no one cares, but then at the same time, sometimes, you know, you can find something that's not being done. And so, you know, it, it's it's almost like a weird wilderness out here not not so much like uh you know rural but i just mean in the way of creativity um but at the same time there are people here so i, I do think that's what's nice is like if you want that you can chat with someone else it's it's an interesting hybrid i think so. well i i think what's interesting also the reason why i'm not in new york or la is that uh way back in 2006 i was at south by southwest and I was on a panel or not mm -hmm. Uh, was watching a panel right. and um, they were talking about if you want to be a director or saying that if you want to be a director, stay where you're at, make your movie where you're at, get noticed where you are. Don't come to LA or New York. There's so many people who really want to do it. If you want to stand out, you know, be a big mm -hmm. fish in a little pond, do it where you are. And that's always really stuck with yeah. me because I don't know that I think LA I've been before and it seems like a great place, but I don't know that that's someplace I'm itching to move to. Um, so I'm just kind of doing things here to try to see what happens. We'll yeah. see. Yeah, no, there's there's plenty of opportunity. Um, I, I think too, I feed a lot into my surroundings. So for me, it's very useful when I'm driving to work or if I'm going to a friend's house and I drive by a road that has this old house that's falling apart. I drive by it once and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And I kind of forget about it. Drive by it again on the way to get some groceries. And I'm like, oh, there's the house again. That's interesting. And like by the third or fourth time, I'm already thinking I can shoot a movie. But I can, you know, right. get a shot there, you know. And, and well, you have to pay to do that in L.A. I think that was right. Cool. I was going to say that that's the difference. It's, it's just those little moments of connecting into where you're living, uh, you know, things you're driving by. Um, so I guess like on the on the flip side of things, uh, speaking of just being where you are, uh, the pandemic obviously has put a lot of us at home in our house, things like that. Um, and I know for me, it's like changed a bit of how I've looked at film and life and everything like that. 
Has the pandemic changed uh, the way you're looking at the creative process, the way you're writing, making films, not making something? Well, I mean, it, it, it did change the way I was making films yeah. pretty directly because I saw it as an opportunity to make, to take a risk yeah. and make something that was very low budget. Um, and just here, because I had the excuse for being a quarantine film. Um, and it, what it wound up being uh, is based on a short story I published years ago in 2018. And what it wound up being um, uh, was more like science fiction theater, like with uh, in a film setting. You know, it's like you were a court of play. That's kind of what it looked like. But it, you know, it worked out because it's premiering um, next month at uh, a theater that produces science fiction and fantasy plays in oh, Chicago. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So found like the place that it was perfect for, yeah. but you know, I kind of had in my mind, oh, I could do a bunch of these, but immediately after doing it and seeing that it wasn't really a film film, um, like I wanted it to be. Cause I, if I had a budget, I would have done something way different too with it. Mm -hmm. um, you I know, like not having not a budget really, sometimes though. I will you say like that. not having a budget? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, of course more would be nice for little things like, uh, you know, I don't know gear, but you know, outside <laughs> of that, you know, sometimes it's nice. Like, do you find the limits uh, help you? Cause I find I'm a lot more creative when I'm like, okay, I know for a fact I have two people, the whole movie, one house, one yard. Like right. it's almost like I'm world building and getting the parameters and that helps for me. I, th I definitely think it can be. And yeah. I've definitely had creativity come out of limitations but I think you can only go so far with that. Um, at a certain point, like if you're going to create a world um, in science fiction or, yeah. or especially like science that, fiction, yeah, especially science fiction, it's hard to um, really realize your what you're envisioning without like yeah. sets and money and stuff oh, like sure. that. Yeah, but yeah. that's not to say that like you like adversity breeds um, creativity. I mean, yeah. it certainly does. There's no I, doubt about that. I almost think the way you're doing it, going about things with, you know, novels and film and stuff like that, I feel like you're kind of hacking the system because you're, <laughs> you know, if you have an idea that could be a million dollar film, why not right. just make it a novel? And I mean, you know, right. sky's the limit. It's just in your head. You can, you know, picture that and color the pages of that yourself and, uh, you know, ask the reader to do that rather than, you know, building a crazy replica of Mars or, you know, whatever you got to do. Um, do you like that? I mean, is there a world that you do wish, uh, you know, you could do the movies bigger or do you, do you like the fact where you're like, if I want to do something small, you got the movie space. Uh, and if you want to do something big, you've got novels and maybe plays or something where it doesn't require as much of that budget. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely some bigger, yeah. uh, uh, budget films I'd like to make for sure. Yeah. Um, there's also some lower budget films, like indie films I can make. I, I just published, or actually, yeah, I just published this um, Thanksgiving story. It came out in the fall issue of uh, The Writing Disorder. And it's um, about Thanksgiving. And it would be, uh, it's called Tom Turkey. And it would be a great, like, one house, um, independent film. Yeah. But even even that, like, I would want it to be... Um, a big, big crew. I, w I wouldn't want to shoot it like myself necessarily. Um, I, I mean, I could, I would love to direct it, but yeah, 
yeah. <laughs> if there are any investors listening, then you know, <laughs> fund the film. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Turkey. Yeah. Yes, you heard this it. Is like a last yeah. Yes, I was going to say. Lampoon. I feel like we need more uh, total tangent, but I feel like we need more Thanksgiving movies. I feel that's like that's got... why I wrote the story. That's yeah. exactly why I wrote this. Yeah. yeah, because we've got so many holiday movies for like a ton. I mean, every other holiday. I mean, maybe Arbor Day is lacking, but you know, like, yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's the next challenge. But yeah, no, I would actually be excited to see that. Uh, that's cool, man. That's cool. What What do you feel like? Um, if you could go back and like uh, talk to yourself as a youngster getting started, what would would you impart any wisdom, or would you not interfere at all and just let it play out as it has? I would say to myself, "You suck, and you're never gonna make it." And then- that that would assure the fact that I'd go for it, right? Okay. There. So the, the timeline <laughs> would, would shift, and you would jettison forward. Yeah. I would be, I would have started writing an hour a day so much sooner. There you go. <laughs> oh, so I'm actually kind of curious. You mentioned that it was like around age 30, you kind of got that discipline for yourself, and you know, again, I'll preface this by saying there's no right or wrong way. Like everyone's got a different formula, but sure. for you specifically what was it that maybe wasn't working that got you up to that point to kind of do that hour a day thing? And what have you found from it? Well, well, I was doing film and film. I feel like because there's so much, so many people involved and you have to work with schedules and you kind of, it's just like a a looser environment. I feel feel like, but as soon as I decided that I was going to return to novels, um, I really kind of realized uh, I'm going to have to buckle down and really get good at this because the first novel I tried to write, I made it maybe a fifth of the way there. And I was like, I don't have any more words. (laughs) Like, you know, I'm done. Like this thing's over and this is not a novel. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. Do you find that it's like, uh, the pros that makes it hard or do you feel like it's not even that it's just the the length of it or just anything different at first script yeah because i find you know a script uh it's just so much more like a blueprint like it's it is writing but it's just so concise like a lot of times i'm trying to think about like what to compare it to yeah um like maybe like the first time you shoot a basketball okay air ball you know yeah. And it just takes like repetition before you can get 10 in a row. Right. And if you think those 10 in a row are like chapters, like one chapter after another. The, the thing that really helped me was I started writing flash fiction or micro fiction, really short pieces. Mm-hmm. And then basically my chapters became a string of those. And then I was able to build a novel that way. Um, but really, I think, you know, just being difficult at first is just like learning any skill. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you there. So do you prefer the way that like putting a short story together, you know, it's quicker, you can get in and out a la a short film? Um, or do you still kind of find a, uh, you know, gravitational pull to the novel or the feature as a lot of, you know, writers do? Because, you know, sometimes you do need to say more. It can't all fit, you know? I think, I don't, I mean... Short story, I don't, I don't know that that's my medium. I think the novel is more my medium than the short story. And I think part of that is, it seems like 
a lot of the places you go to publish short stories are they have a certain style yeah. that they want you to learn and i feel like that's anti-creative in a way mm -hmm. like if i learn just going to learn their style and submit something that works for them well then it's not really what my voice um maybe it gets you to your own voice um but i mean that's i don't know that yeah. that could just be because i've been getting a lot of rejections lately <laughs> well, let's talk about that rejections are such a stupid but i guess necessary part of the process like i've gotten so many rejections you know for panda barrett for other films i mean every one i do you get a couple um but at this point i'm like weirdly numb to it like i honestly truly mean that like i just feel you know that it's like a part of the process no different than putting the sd card in your camera like it yeah. is i don't know if that's a healthy outlook or not do you have a similar take or yeah, i fake it you know i'm like yeah. ow that yeah. hurt you know so my wife gives me <laughs> sympathy, you know? yeah yeah <laughs> um no i'm i'm where with you yeah. like every once in a while like i recently submitted this like comedic short to this place that i like specifically sent to them and they just like roundly rejected it like overnight and that like stung a little bit because i was like what um, I can't believe that. Uh, but, you know, for the most part, it's just part of the game. I mean, right. at this point, I just, I, I would love to get a little, a few more acceptances than rejections. Right. As we all would. <laughs> you know, presently, yeah. let's be honest, right? Sure, of course. A thousand percent. <laughs> yeah. Has it um, bled over at all, like, into your creative process where you're writing something and you're thinking, okay. Here I am on page 10 of a script, a story, a novel, whatever. I already know based on these 10 pages, this is not super mainstream, probably not gonna get into a festival. Should I go back and doctor this, make it a little more accessible so that maybe more people see it? Or do you just kind of push on and see what you get and just kind of let that be what it is? No, I, I mean, I, I don't think you can do that. I mean, I don't think you, if you want to write stuff that nobody ever sees, then fine, you know, but I think you have to be put out something that people can attach themselves to. Oh, for sure. And I don't, I mean, I don't know exactly what yeah. the prescription for success in this is yet, but my new novel has horses and the beach, yeah. uh, you know, and like a, a story, a, ro a little romance you know, this is North Carolina and Nicholas Sparks made a living doing this stuff. So I'm, I'm just trying to like, you know, ride his coat. There's a summer reading market. Right. Right. Yeah, right. So, and then you kind of have the freedom to go out and do the more surreal work, which is yes. what I'm really hoping to be able to do. I love that. No. Um, I mean, I, I relate to that completely because I would be lying to you if I just said I wrote everything the way my heart desires. And that's right. it. like, I mean, cause you know, for me, it's finding a balance. Like I do let my heart run away with the story a little bit, but then I kind of throw a lasso around it and I kind of mold it a little bit with some help from the brain. Not totally commercial, but just, you know, again, it's that weird medium. I, I like to do the bait and switch thing with my films is like, you know, with Panda Barrett, you see it on the outside and you're like, oh, it's a weird panda in a mascot costume with a rapper. It, it kind of seems silly and there is humor and comedy, but really it's pretty dark and dramatic and you're, kind of may, right. may not get that from the initial trailer, the initial poster, the initial synopsis. Um, and, and I enjoy doing that. And I mean, maybe more people turn it off halfway through because of that, but you know, cause it's not what they were expecting. 
Um, but I, but I sometimes feel like at least for myself, um, I'm very rarely in the mood to watch a super serious thing or a philosophy, you know, philosophizing type thing. Uh, most of the time, sometimes that needs to just like appear to me in unexpected places. And I think that's kind of where I enjoy the, the bait and switch thing and the surreal thing. I mean, there's a lot of surrealism in Panda Barrett. Um, so no sooner did we take off with this podcast that now we're coming to land the plane. So where do you kind of, uh, see yourself going in the future and maybe, you know, ask this to everyone, how do you just personally keep yourself creative, uh, day to day, week to week? It's probably different, um, depending on the day, but you know, do you have any, uh, kind of pieces of advice you could impart to anyone who is on the creative journey? Take a break. <laughs> if you're working like day in, day out, like, kind of obsessing by your work, take a break. That's, that's, you know, advice to myself I'm giving right now. Yeah. So I work a little bit fingers to the bone sometimes. Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah. And also do things that you enjoy. Like, so for example, and we're coming towards the holidays. I don't know when this podcast is coming out, but uh, the, the Thanksgiving story I had, the same characters appear in a Christmas novel and I'm going to do a draft of it over Christmas. Yeah. So like that will be, and it's a humor book. Yeah. So like that would just be fun for me and I like yeah. a little bit of a retreat from other things I've done. Yeah, because you're already going to be in that headspace because right. of the season. Yeah, yeah I like exactly. that. Yeah. No, I think that's great. I think, uh, you know, taking breaks, super necessary. Um, I, I have found just a weird balance of acknowledging the, the importance of creativity for me um, you know, hopefully if other people get stuff out of my work or anything, great. But also I've just found this weird acceptance of like, it just all doesn't matter that much while still maintaining that like, it is important to me and it is an important way for me to connect with people. And I think it keeps like a healthy grounding of the process uh, that I definitely did not have a few years ago. <laughs> so, you know, I think a lot yeah. of that is maybe... Uh, the pandemic and just, you know, things shifting, but yeah. Cool, man. Well, Hey, yeah. I appreciate you uh, joining us. Like where, where do you feel like is the best way people can connect with you and what you're doing? Um, buy a book from you, do that kind of thing. I don't have any books for sale right now, but uh, justinmeckis.com. Um, maybe I'll throw a comment underneath the YouTube with it under there. Um, but yeah, that's, that's got basically, films, fiction, poetry, everything. I'm actually doing this really cool uh, poetry thing right now where I have spoken word audio recordings on the website on the front page about autumn or fall, and it's gonna go through the seasons this year. So check those out, they're, they're really cool. Sweet. Well, Justin, thanks again for joining us. If y'all are listening, subscribe on YouTube, uh, find us on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast, and uh, leave us a review, we always appreciate it. And we will see y'all in the next episode.